0: Are you plagued by the problem of procrastination? If so, you're not alone. Procrastination affects people from all walks of life, and we have the solution. Check out our free Fast Track class. No more procrastination, and discover the triggers that power your own behavior, and learn how to defeat this problem head on. Register at www.lifehack.org/focus-fast-track. Welcome to the Life Hack Show. Life is full of limitations. Learn how to break free and live your best life. Join me, Allie Kramer, Content Director of Lifehack, as I interview the top experts in the self improvement sphere for advice on how to make life more enjoyable, no matter who you are. If you're looking for insight on how to overcome any obstacle, this podcast is made for you. Today, I'll be speaking with Mike Kitko. He's the author of the book The Imposter in Charge, which is a vulnerable and raw account of Mike's journey from being an overweight, overstressed, overachieving alcoholic business executive who was once on the brink of divorce to a life of authenticity, courage, confidence, and clarity. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, Allie. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. So this is quite a story, um, and I don't want to give away all the intricate details of the book, um, but I'm really eager to talk with you today about imposter syndrome. It's kind of a silly topic to be excited about, but I think that it's something that i found is a big barrier to having a fulfilling life and something that... I think a lot of people can relate to and struggle with. Um, So this is gonna be pretty insightful, I think, for a lot of people. And you talk a lot about uh, um, feeling like an imposter within different leadership positions. You say you felt like an imposter in every leadership position you ever held. Um, You said you failed and needed to rebuild your life from the ground up. That's, that's That's quite a statement to make in your life could you share more with our audience about what inspired you to make this kind of big change and what you mean by feeling like an imposter in every position that you hold?
1: Yeah, it's a big question, but uh-huh. you know, uh, so the word, as you, as you asked the question, the word that came up was inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I say that that word shows up in a million places in, in, in the book. Um, and inadequacy kind of fuels everything. And, and we make decisions based on based on anything from who other people want us to be, what we feel we should do, uh, how we, you know, comparing ourselves to perfection. It just, it -hmm. shows up in so many ways. Inadequacy shows up in so many ways. And going all the way back to, you know, to childhood when, and and I tell a story in the book about um, feeling like when I was, was trying out for a baseball team when I was in little league and feeling like I completely, you know, flopped the, uh, uh, the tryouts and then I was the first overall pick in in the entire draft just never feeling like I was good at anything or, or good enough at anything and, and comparing myself to to absolute perfection and then I found myself as I was as I was going through school uh, school and uh, eventually joined the Marine Corps I was doing it to try to please other people and try to serve in, in the way that other people thought service was you know was uh Ah, uh, the right way, you know, uh-huh. the, shoulds, the shoulds of life. and and it, it never never felt right for me, but I just felt like I'd eventually find happiness. And that led all the way through, you know, uh, man, individual contributor roles, senior level management, executive level management. And I always just felt that everybody has it all figured out but me. i'm'm I'm, I'm broken and and, and everyone's got, everyone else seems happy. And, and I just felt like this fraud, like I was always out of place and I was always, I, I was always just showing up inferior.
0: Did and, you feel like you were going to get found out? Like someone, someone's going to realize that I, I'm not supposed to be in this, this high up position or was that something that you would feel? Yeah.
1: I, I would say only every second of every day. That, oh, sure. No, baby. <laughs> when, 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 when you're. I'll speak for myself. When when I was in places where I didn't feel that I wanted to be, I would feel like it was just a matter of time before it was all going to fall apart.
0: Uh huh. Always and, and, waiting for that shoe to drop then.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, you know, in my, in my home life, in my, in my, my professional life and in, in, in my health, every, I mean, it was just a matter of which day was it going to fall apart. And I eventually created that, made it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and like you're saying, the book's title, The Imposter in Charge, that, that feeling literally led your life. It was in control.
1: Yeah. So I would be in an executive level room with a team that I had built, uh, and we were accomplishing things that most teams couldn't, and we were outperforming many plants in the corporation that I was a part of, and I felt like I was absolutely useless, and mm-hmm. I, had assembled, I had assembled the team because they were talented and I wasn't. They possessed things that I didn't and, and, and they could solve problems that I couldn't. And I assembled that team and we were one of the best performing plants in, in the entire corporation, but I was useless and I was going to be found out because I didn't understand myself. I didn't have enough self-awareness. I didn't understand my talents, my strengths, my gifts. I didn't understand those things that were, were not my gifts. I didn't understand that I didn't have to be all things to all people at all times and mm-hmm. have every no answer. I felt if I, if I didn't possess something, then I possessed nothing. And, and that's why I felt like a fraud and imposter in, in every role I've ever played in. In fact, um, that showed up in my, the way I, I, I was a spouse for my, my wife and the way I was a father for my kids that insecurity and inadequacy showed up everywhere
0: interesting so you felt like you're saying inadequate in every area of your life and probably i'm guessing it kind of created this this damaging cycle of you know the worse you feel in one area the worse you're going to feel in others and it's just going to be this continuation of not feeling good enough and it sounds so much like it's it's beyond confidence at this point it's actually a mental block where, like you said, you can see your own strengths, your own talents, your own contributions to the world. It was like you were you're kind of unable to see those.
1: Well, it, I'd say go beyond a mental block. Um, it was, it, yes, yeah, certainly there was a mental block, but there was also an emotional block. Mm. Uh, and I remember the first time, uh, and I share this, you know, in a, to a wider audience, um, Constantly and, and, and I as you said raw and vulnerable. I just I just expose the imposter. Let's mm-hmm. back up a second. The imposter hides everything because he's afraid of everything falling apart. And now with the reshaping of, of that, it's it's really about sharing every piece of of, of garbage uh, that I've accumulated so that I no longer feel like an imposter. It's almost like oh. swinging the other way. Authenticity. But, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, just true just true authenticity. Wow. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I, I gotten my I dug such a hole for so long and I was so far out of alignment with anything that was natural and healthy for me in terms of you know my health or the way I was showing up in in service or you know my mm-hmm. career or how I was you know how I, I was parenting my kids or how I was you know partnering with my wife I was so far out of alignment that, that when I started working with a coach and starting to, you know, recreate what life is. He said, look in a mirror. Uh, and, and I did so. And he says, now say, I love you. And I just had like tears coming down my face. I couldn't even spit oh, those out. Wow. So it was, it, it was a complete disdain for myself. It was a complete, I had allowed Myself to live, you know, and this—I was 43 at this time. I'm 47 now, mm-hmm. but I had allowed myself to live for 43 years according to everybody else's rules, and, and and again in in career, in in what I pursued to to create wealth, in in you know how I you know rules that. I I didn't believe and agree with, but that I I taught my kids because that's the way I thought we were supposed to teach our kids. Huh? In in, in the political acumen and that that showed up in my family, um, in, in in religions that I followed that I tried so hard to fit into that never felt natural. Mm-hmm. I had I flexed myself and I had lived for everyone else my entire life because I was inadequate, and I tried to find. Adequacy in what everybody else wanted for me and it was never ever going to be there I was never going to Find it living in any living anybody else's way and when I looked in a mirror and he says say I love you I couldn't spit those words out because I didn't believe it I had I hated myself because I had gotten myself into such a hole and I never ever truly Lived my own life. I lived for everyone else.
0: Yeah, it's like you didn't know yourself even
1: No no, I, I had never even explored myself. Right. I just thought that since I was broken, right, that that everyone else had it figured out, and I just had to I just had to live their way.
0: So, so tell me about this coach. Is this um, one of your one of the role models or someone that's really propelled a change in your life? Um, how did that come about?
1: Yeah. So actually, and and I, and I tell the story in, in in the Imposter in Charge. Uh, Paul was a friend of mine. We were in, I'm from Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland, and I spent some time in the Marine Corps. We moved across, to, my wife and I, and my oldest kid at the time, or my, my, my kid, Katie, who was one of two, uh, we moved across the country. We spent 10 years in Oregon, and now we live in St. Louis, Missouri, and we, uh, we've lived here for the last six years. I was on a corporate-sponsored MBA. So, you know, feeling feeling complete lack of talent, Um, feeling like I, I was absolutely useless to my corporation. They kept promoting me and accelerating me and now they're going to pay for my MBA. So if that wasn't validation, but I couldn't feel it at the time. So I'm sitting in this, the first day of MBA class and, and, uh, this guy, Paul, who was also, you know, coincidentally from Maryland and moved across the country, uh, to Portland and we didn't know each other, but Hmm. this was our first day together. So we spent two years in, in a cohort, an MBA cohort, and we grew close together um, and w- we moved here, my wife and I, and my two kids at the time, m- uh, moved here from, from Oregon and, um, to St. Louis. We restarted our life and, but we were still friends with, uh-huh. with Paul back in Oregon. And he watched on Facebook. He watched as I, as my life started to crumble and collapse.
0: Ah, uh, and- so you were sharing a little bit about your, your kind of turmoil that you were going through, um, was it like a
1: cry for help? Do you think? No, it wasn't a cry for help. It was a, uh, what he saw on Facebook was how many beers I was drinking and how oh. much pride, <laughs> how much pride I had in destroying my body.
0: Gotcha. So, That's so, clarity. Okay.
1: <laughs> he was watching my life collapse before his very eyes, and he was, you know, he stayed in contact. And when you know, when I lost my second, you know, executive position in 20 months because everything was imploding. You know, Paul said he called me and he had started a life coaching business Mm -hmm. and he called me and said, hey, are you interested in working together to try to rebuild your life? And I thought, so is this something that's going to cost me? And and I thought that was, I thought it was like ridiculous that I was going to have to pay my friend like to be my friend. (laughs) So anyway, uh, that is how Paul and I connected and uh-huh. that was my first coach, was my friend who I was paying to be a coach, which I didn't understand at the time.
0: Had you just, ever heard about life coaches or anything even remotely close to that?
1: I had never heard of a life coach before. Interesting. I had an, I had an executive coach
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, when, when one of the companies was trying to like save me <laughs> and right. solid, they, saw, they saw me deteriorating. Uh, and I, as I say in the imposter in charge, I survived that process. Uh huh. So, so, but no, I had never heard of a life coach before, and uh, it, it seemed like a very foreign concept. Uh, but we worked together for a few months. Uh, he got me back. while working with him helped me get back on my feet mm-hmm. to the point that I actually filed for divorce from my wife because yeah. I was I was going on a journey. Right, I was an alcoholic. She was in chemical dependency. Uh-huh. And we were going on a journey. Uh, I, I, me and Paul were going on a journey, and and I was my physical, my mental, my emotional health started clearing up. And my wife fought me tooth and nail. She wanted me back in in the pain, right back in the uh-huh. our abusive days. And uh, when that didn't happen, I, I mean, I just I filed for divorce, and that started a beautiful journey that I document of both of us getting clean and sober and rebuilding our complete life all over again.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds. So inspiring. So uh, uh, surely there were, you make it sound so easy, like you're like, I was a complete and total wreck. And then I got a life coach and everything kind of turned out better. But surely you faced challenges, setbacks, um, getting where where you are today. How did you, how did you get through that?
1: Yeah, so everything, you know, the entire battle, Ali, was was a battle of of self-doubt and self-trust and self-loathing. And Still just, the imposter. Yeah, man, you know, just complete rejection of everything that I am and everything I stood for and everything that, you know, that I had built in my life. It was so far out of alignment that I just didn't value anything uh, about me. And it was just literally. Um, I had a coach one time. He says, "Mind your breath and mind your step. Right? Just mm-hmm. pay attention to the very next breath and the very next step you take, and just make sure they're, you know, they're in alignment with with what you're really what with really what you want to create in your life. Uh, and it's it's starting to move. What we did is we started to design what I wanted in life, the life that I wanted, and the life that I would design for myself without without concern for what anybody else in my life wanted for me Ah. Uh, and and that includes my kids my wife you know uh, what my parents would want for me what anybody else would want for me it's completely redesigning the life that I get to live instead of the life that I felt that I had to live right yeah Uh, and, and, and recreating that from from my desires and accepting and embracing my desires and accepting and embracing my talents and gifts and understanding that my weaknesses, I just didn't even need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm.
0: So so how did you figure out that it was imposter syndrome that was really holding you back?
1: (laughs) So I I just felt like looking back 43 years at that point, Mm -hmm. looking back 43 years, I always felt like a fraud. I always felt like I was just wearing a mask, and 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 I remember listening to a podcast. And this is while well after my journey started, uh, after the the journey of of transformation mm-hmm. started. Uh, I, I remember listening to a um, an audio and just hearing the words "imposter syndrome," and it was like, aha, there it uh-huh, is. Uh-huh. Right? I didn't even need to have it defined for me to understand what the hell it is. That's so interesting. So that was like the first step, you know. Like you went forty-three years without even realizing what
0: you were looking for, which is that's pretty significant. That's a huge amount of time.
1: That's a yeah. you, you certainly don't, you know, polish that turd up and you know, <laughs> and, it, and it shines overnight, right? It's that's something great. that you've got to, you know, for the rest of your life, you have to uh, to nurture and, and love and appreciate and 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 listen. Here's here's my. Here's the, the life that I get to live now. My wife and I wake up every day. I wake up early and, and I document this in the book. Um, you know, I wake up early and I have a, a morning. I don't wake up with an alarm clock, but I'll wake up somewhere between four and four thirty. most mm-hmm. mornings. And I, I get up and I do my routine. And, you know, it's physical, mental and emotional exercises. And I connect with myself and I meditate. And then my wife comes downstairs a little bit later and we'll, we sit there and have coffee and talk about our day and talk about business. And then we, we sit in the we sit in the in the sitting room and we watch other cars drive out from our cul-de-sac and go off to work and then, then my kids come down to get ready for school and you know, they leave. And then she and I, you know, we might have calls throughout the day and I might jump on a cool podcast and you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I might I might have a couple client sessions and, and I go and I might write another piece of content and then my kids come home from school and they see that You know, that, that I'm, I'm just, I'm living a life that that's designed for me by me.
0: Yeah. How inspirational. What a great model for your kids.
1: It is, it is. And they see that you never really have to work again when you just do what you love and what you enjoy. And I used to think that was a cliche and a myth, but, Mm -hmm. but that was the, it was the truest thing that's ever existed that when you, when you literally find your true North and find the thing that's that's made for you and 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 it's what you want to do and it's what other people you know a service or 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 something that someone else needs in their life then you never really have to work again you just get to you get to be it's it's you get to be instead of do right right
0: right exactly and appreciate the time that you have being which is yeah that's great
1: So in that, in that case, to add value, the only thing you need to do is breathe. Hmm. You just need to breathe because your that your, your breath inspires all the doing and you enjoy the doing so much. It's not really doing, but you breathe and you add value to the world. And when you add value to the world, the world adds value to you and you never need to sacrifice. Yeah. You never need to wake up when you don't want to, or do anything you don't want to, or go anywhere where you don't want to. And no one, and this is the this is the piece that was the hardest to learn, no one else in the world is authorized to design your life for you. And no one else in the world is authorized to make decisions for you, unless you give them that, that a power and that authority.
0: Uh-huh. I love that. That's a... That is an extremely powerful sentiment right there. I mean, it it really makes you think about our choices and our focus and our energy and our time spent and what the hell we're all doing here. (laughs) So that's, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So I'm I'm guessing that you've been inspired by people in your life. Um, Do you have any role models?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get emotional because my number one role model in my life right now is, is the, the person that, uh, that helped me become the person that I am and the man that I am uh, by helping me collapse in the perfect way for me. And that's my wife. Oh. Uh, she, uh, my wife forces me to be, to be me.
0: <laughs>
1: she, forces, she forces me to shrink to no one and shrink for no one. And every once in a while, when she sees the insecurity and inadequacy come back, she has no problem looking at me on, and, and looking me straight in the eyes and saying, "You're shrinking. Hmm. You're shrinking." You're and, a lucky
0: uh, man. That's for sure.
1: My wife is my role model because yeah. she always makes sure I'm walking towards the places and the people that need me. That's beautiful. And that for me,
0: I think that's really important. That it's you know living your life is kind of a, a- it's it's like a work of art that's always being worked on
1: yeah look th- there's there's three things that that every human being uh and 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 i'm 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 presenting i'm presenting my perspective mm-hmm. so take that for what it's worth but of course. this is what
0: this show's about your perspective <laughs> exactly
1: exactly I, this is this has shown up for me in my own life it's shown up for me when I look back at my career and the hundreds of people that I've managed. When I look at the, the hundreds of people that I've coached and that I've, that I've taught and, and that have been students in programs, there are three things that every human being possesses. Fear, insecurity, and inadequacy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as we step into higher levels of power, our fears, our insecurities, and our our inadequacies get more powerful as well. Mm -hmm. You never, ever outgrow fear, insecurity, and inadequacy. You just learn how to manage them, become one with them, and utilize them and embrace them at higher levels as you grow. So so some people think that as as your, your fears diminish, then your power increases and as your powers increase, your fears continue to diminish. But that's not the case. Uh-huh. As, as your power increases, your fear increases, and then that allows you to step into a higher level of power and so on and so forth. So the you know, when I'm sitting down with a new prospect or, or someone in one of my programs, and, and, and they hear this line all the time. People are trying to find freedom from inadequacy or from fear or from insecurity. But the way we become powerful is finding freedom in inadequacy and in the insecurity and in the fear because you're never going to escape it. You're never going to eat it away. You're never going to have sex enough to get rid of it. You're never going to gamble it away. You're never going to be able to take it. You know, you're never going to be able to, to, to take enough drugs to make it go away. You're never going to be able to watch enough television to make it go away. So like building a relationship with it mm-hmm. and finding how it serves you and how, how much power and potential that it can give you in your life. The same thing you, you've heard the cliche, the same thing that'll make you laugh will make you cry. Yeah. When I have clients, the same thing that made them literally, and I'm i I'm, I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm not speaking like figuratively here, the same thing that'll make you a crack addict will help you build an amazing business. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because, yeah. Because the same fear that paralyzes you will make you build something powerful because it's never enough.
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. And so you're saying, you know, by embracing your fear and... And changing it from from kind of resistance into curiosity. That's kind of the key to overcoming this imposter
1: syndrome. By using it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. The next book that I read, the next meditation that I execute, that I practice, the next uh, workout, the next client that I get, the next program that I launch, the next podcast that I'm on, all inadequacy. because. Since I might as well, I, I probably don't have enough, so I, I just need a little bit more of something, right? Right. It, it, it's all inadequacy, and inadequacy serves you. Inadequacy, the next raise you get is, is inadequacy. The, the next, the next business you launch is inadequacy. Uh huh. The, the next, you, you know, the next kid that you have. Yeah, I was just thinking just, that. <laughs> is inadequacy because whatever you have is not enough, right? Uh huh. So either you can create through inadequacy or you can destroy through inadequacy.
0: That's a lot to chew on, but I mean, it makes so much sense. And it's actually so positive to think about it in that way, you know, with all these opportunities that kind of are around the corner amongst your fears and the shadows of your fears. Um, So let's talk a little bit um, before we run out of time here about your book. Um, Really excited about this. Again, it's called The Imposter in Charge. So let our audience know kind of what's inside, what they can look forward to reading about.
1: Yeah. So I worked, um, I, I, I started writing about four or five books before I wrote this one. And I, I ran into, um, I hired a, a, a person to help me navigate writing this book, right? So, so. This is. I was going to write an autobiography, and it was going to be awesome. And I was kind of challenged. So you know, somebody said, "Hey, nobody really gives a shit about you." They <laughs> so said, "Do you want two people to read it, or do you want two million people?" To read it? So, and, and and that kind of shifted the way I was going to uh, to write the book. And and what I mean by that is, this book is not an autobiography. It's about how what shows up for the imposter, for someone living with the imposter syndrome, and like tools, tips, life hacks, I guess, uh-huh. ways to solve, ways to embrace, ways to, uh, to shift perspective about your, your imposter syndrome, about fear and insecurity and adequacy, and then utilize that for your best interest and embrace yourself at a deeper level. That's so fantastic.
0: Fantastic. So it's like a go-to guide for anyone with imposter syndrome. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it is. I, 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 I appreciate it a lot. I spent a lot of time writing it and a lot, of, a lot of tears, a lot of, you know, a lot of sweat and a lot of tears sure. not writing this thing, but my story, my wife's story, our story, my kids story, my kids show up, you know, and, and, and there's a story about, you know, me waking up on the floor after a bender one night, my wife's not in bed. I didn't know where she was. I saw she was down in the basement. And then, you know, what happened after that, mm-hmm. and the that I received from my kid when I was at work, right? And just all the chaos that was going on in my life. So my family stories are weaved in there, just like some client stories and helping, you know, some of the things that we've worked through. But uh, there's, you know, there's, there's problems that we face when we're dealing with the imposter syndrome. And then a few solutions for each of those problems and, and a lot of tools and techniques to connect you with yourself to help you dive deeper inside yourself and embrace yourself and help you achieve higher levels of self-acceptance because it's self-rejection that creates the imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. Um, So where can listeners find out more about and purchase your book?
1: You can find it at, amazon barnes and noble target uh online it's it's my first book it's one i've got like four more planned i've got two more at the publisher right now ready to be uh ready to be um proofread and edited so exciting yeah no it, it's cool i wrote like three books at the same time but it's really cool it's exciting yeah i
0: bet i love hearing this too because it's it's you know you're really walking the walk here I'm talking about you know how you kind of hit rock bottom found your way up and now you just seem so happy and pleased with um your day-to-day experience of life that's super encouraging
1: it, it, it's fun to meet me to be me and here's why i The only thing that I love to do is develop people and develop teams. That's the Mm -hmm. only thing I've ever, ever really enjoyed in my life. And I used to do a thousand things a day in corporate America. And there's only, you know, those things that I enjoyed. And now I get to, you know, let anybody else, everybody else do those other 998 and I just get to focus on people and teams. And that includes speaking. That includes writing content that that helps people embrace themselves. It, It includes, you know, just speaking, and, and, and sharing the message. And my wife does a lot of the, the public facing things for our business, and, You know, interacts with our marketing team and some of uh, some of our clients and, and the publicity and those parts. So we we've, we've form that partnership as well. Mm-hmm. And I just get to, I get to live. I don't have to live, right? I get to live and be me and I don't have to be me in any aspect that, that doesn't yeah.
0: yeah, that sounds fantastic. I mean, you're really living your dream, <laughs> which is amazing. Especially with um, the partnership that you have with your wife, how beautiful and inspiring for so many people. I know that as you're talking about your own experience as an executive and going through marital problems and everything, when you're stressed out in one area or multiple areas, you realize it hits everything. But when you can kind of refocus being in the here and now, and like you're saying, just breathe, um, things can start to fall in place and, and appreciation can come and it sounds like you've really mastered that and you're a great person to consult to how, for how to overcome it yourself. if You're facing mm. imposter syndrome.
1: Well, thank you for that. And I, and I'll, I'll tell you one of the, as I'm speaking and as I'm talking to people and as I'm, I'm trying to inspire them and, and kick their ass in a healthy direction for them. And I use the line all the time. I only want for you, what you want for yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Once they, once they tell me and they get locked into what they want, I, I, I relentlessly won't let them not get it.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I, I even see in your book that you, you'll kind of be like a champion in someone's head, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, if I'm, if I'm in your head and, and you're hearing me and I'm, I'm the reason that you, you, you won't give up, then I've done my job. Right. But I, I don't want for you what you don't want for yourself. So all the imposter syndrome is, is a fear of being yourself. It's, it's a deep fear in our emotional and mental systems that that tell us that as we 're built that as we 're designed that as we as we want to show up it 's not good enough mm-hmm. and it 's all an illusion it 's all an illusion our our DNA encoding our genetic coding uh, has fear inadequacy and insecurity baked deep into our dna as survival techniques as ways to uh for humanity to evolve for for the world to evolve for our species to evolve and they're all illusions that are created to to make sure that evolution happens and you you could either know that they're there and observe them and observe them for what they are, false, false signals, or you can completely participate in them and sit on your couch and be scared the rest of your life
0: uh-huh. and,
1: and do nothing with it. So the imposter syndrome is just facing that or accepting that rejection to yourself, the fear, the inadequacy, the insecurity, that's genetically encoded, that's in our DNA, that, that's meant to, to help us progress it's, it's allowing that to hold you back and to, to make sure you live a life out of alignment and there's no happiness, joy, peace, prosperity that you'll enjoy outside of the alignment that's meant for you. Mm-hmm. And here's the cool part. Only you can determine what is perfect for you. No one else has the authority, the responsibility, or the ownership over you other than you.
0: That is really cool. It's super empowering to think about it that way. Mike, this has been such an awesome episode. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing even just parts of your very intimate story with our audience today. Um, Thank you again for joining us. It's been really great talking with you. Uh, And to our listeners, I urge you to check out Mike's website and get his book. Um, His website is Mike kitco.com that's m-i-k-e-k-i-t-k-o.com and his book is the imposter in charge be sure to pick up a copy and mike again very inspirational stuff your energy is very 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 evident and you've already gotten me fired up for kind of thinking about my own authenticity and you know where i stand in life although i have to say i do absolutely adore my job so i think i must be on the right track
1: it sounds like it sounds like you're aligned for yourself.: Yeah,
0: good. So that wraps up today's show. Uh, thank you all for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode.